Everyone, this is Dr. Michael Wald. You're listening to Ask the Blood Detective. Today's show topic is just—I um, mean, it's so important. You know, we talk about vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients and diets and fasts and all this stuff, but I don't think there's enough talk on the art of getting and staying healthy. So that's what today's show topic is: the art of getting and staying healthy. So this is a conversation that you won't usually hear because it has to do with exploring your inner uh, motivations, possibly your inner limitations. And I'll be discussing some psychological strategies to get you going in the right direction. You know, I've been practicing over 30 years in holistic health. And over that period of time, I can tell you from my personal experience that most individuals have the intellect uh, to improve their health. They come into the office, they might have a bag or box or a few bags of vitamins, for example, that they've been taking, but something's just not happening with their health. They say to me that they eat the right way, but yet again, they don't have the health that they want. So what are those things? What are those psychological and emotional and other deep let's say subconscious factors that can prevent us from getting and staying healthy and also are absolutely necessary to get us to stay and uh, achieve health. So again, for those of you joining us for the first time, my name is Dr. Michael Wald. I practice in Westchester County, which is located about an hour north of New York City. If you want to reach me to work with me personally, either in person or, or by distance, call me at 914 552 one four four two. My website is intmedny.com. Intmedny.com. On the website, you'll be able to use the search option uh, for any sort of topic that you might be interested in. And if you go to the blog section, you'll be able to listen to all of my radio shows. And then there's the video section with all sorts of videos. But the art of getting and staying healthy. Okay, so the first thing I want to make clear is that and I need you to hear this. The, your outside world should not be and is not the driving force that results in motivation towards getting health. In other words, what motivates you to get healthy should not and really is not your outside circumstances. You might be thinking, wait a minute, Dr. Well, what, what do you mean? If I want to get healthy and people around me uh, are not into it, uh, they make me feel a certain way. I don't feel I can stay motivated. That's an outside influence. But if you were internally motivated, not only wouldn't you really care <laughs> uh, about what others feel about your health efforts, but what's more important rather than whether you care or not is how you act on that information. So the world's happening. People around you are doing what they're doing for their health or not doing what they're doing for their health. They are acting, let's say, negatively against, let's say, natural health efforts. And there may be all sorts of examples of how people behave in a way that may not support you to move forward. So the first bit of advice that I'll give you is do not allow the outside world to be the driving force in your motivation because if you do, your motivation will go up and down along with the ebbs and flows of society. Rather, I would suggest you simply decide on your goal and when individuals around you or circumstances around you in your outside world do not seem to be congress with your goals, if they don't match your goals, you simply pay no attention and then you refocus yourself on what does support your goals. This is not a small thing. Again, in all the decades that I've been dealing with chronic illness, and chronic illness by definition is illness that, that stays around for a long time and does not seem to be going away. So people come to see me with these chronic illnesses, and many of them want to know why their health efforts 
ha- have not worked. I look at their list of supplements. They, they seem right on paper. I, re- I review with them how their diet's been going over the last several months, even, even years in some circumstances. I review the whole picture. And on paper, it's not so easy to explain. But when an individual is focused in on what they want, very different results happen. In other words, you can't merely just do a bunch of healthy things. You have to intellectually and emotionally know that these are the things that are gonna help you. Now, just because you emotionally believe that something's gonna help you does not mean it will, but it usually increases the resiliency of your body and the responsiveness of your body to whatever you're focusing on. You know, there's a saying that I heard. It says where energy, well, let me rephrase that. Where your focus goes, energy flows. So there's a difference between the person who lives the natural life and there's a difference between a person who does the things that someone who lives the natural life would do. Again, I can tell you from three decades of practice that if you put those two people together with the same health problem, the one with the the real deep focus on what they need to get done always wins in terms of health benefits. So let me just say this a simple way. If you, yes, I'm talking to you, if you do not have the health that you want, I am promising you it's because you do not have your focus in that area or you have incomplete focus or inconsistent focus or wrong focus. You can be focusing on the wrong natural treatments, let's say, and they will only give you no results. But what you need to know is you will have very little chance of getting well, in my experience, if you don't provide your entire focus to the goal of health building. And then I said earlier, not to allow the outside world to dictate how you feel and your actions, therefore, which come from how you feel and your emotional state. You can acknowledge that the world may be against you or it might uh, be difficult to live in it because people aren't naturally minded or people aren't supporting you, but that doesn't determine your response to the world. So you choose your response. You do not let the outside world tell you anything differently. I'll give you another common example. You're, you're a medical physician who may or may not be into your natural health efforts. Well, that's an outside world factor, the doctor, and who gives a crap what that doctor says. If that doctor is not focused in on what you need and doesn't have any focus or education in natural health, then who cares what he or she thinks? If you have a compelling enough focus where it becomes, your focus creates obsession in your health field actually, that's when ridiculous health efforts happen. You might say obsession, obsession, that's a, that's a bad word. It's, it's not a bad word, it's just a word. And it implies that you are deadly serious about your focus. Now, of course, we have to make sure that when you focus in your health or towards your health, you need to have the right tools. But if you want something to manifest in your life, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's love. I don't care if it is happiness. I don't care if it's money or health. If you want it to happen, you need to become obsessed with it happening. How do you do that? The way you get obsessed with something, meaning that you are on it, you're 100% on it. That's all I'm saying, folks. Why would you be 98% on something? Would you focus on five relationships? Do you think if you did that, any one of them would be maximized? Of course not. You want your health. Without your health, you have nothing. And the reason, again, I'm doing this show is because I see people losing their lives, their lives getting cut short, the quality of their lives in terms of symptoms is interfering with how they live. They cannot participate fully in life. And they're kind of dabbling in health. No, there's no dabbling, there's obsession. And how you get that way is that you get obsessed by getting focused. If you take control of your focus, then you can get somewhere. You need to be focusing on what you want 
like maximizing your health, you need to make your focus compelling enough that it drives you every day. Because you know the feelings that you get that have you want to work out, or the feelings that you get that motivate you to take your supplements, or the feelings that you get that make you want to exercise, and you know how they come and go, you know, like the tides? Well, that means you have to pull it back. If you're losing that drive, that means you're losing the focus. When it comes to chronic health problems or any problem in your health that's been around for more than, let's say, six months, if you want to get rid of it, you need obsessed focus. So number one, you need to focus on your health. Well, that's pretty obvious. If you don't focus on your health, then it, you can't improve it. So you first of all have to recognize you have a health problem. Secondly, you need to get focused on that health problem and you need to learn what you can about it. But please realize that a lot of what you will learn on Google, Google for example, is absolutely wrong. And I would say easily 98% of what you'll learn in most uh, Facebook chat sites, group sites, for example, because I've been on them recently, is completely not only wrong, it's ridiculous and harmful. I'm not saying there's not some good information out there. Of course there is. But you need to find the right resources to get your health done. So you don't want to use resources that are unreliable like chat groups. Focus on what you want. If it's your health, you need to make sure that people around you are on board. If they're not on board, then you have to work on a way to mentally focus in spite of them. Because again, people being on board is not a necessary factor for you to be successful. Remember, people on board, people are in the world. That's an outside factor. They can do and say whatever the heck they want. But it's up to you to stay focused on what you want. You need to think very clearly about what level of health do you desire? What level of health is it that you want? And once you have that mental picture, we'll call it a, a health blueprint. When, and that blueprint, by the way, might tell you quite a lot of things. So for example, when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and I wanted to kick its butt, what I did at a young age was I thought of the level of health that I wanted. I pictured myself running because I loved running. I pictured myself lifting weights and eating well and having energy and mental clarity and being able to control my limbs and my eyesight. And I learned how to pick and choose those things in my life that move me towards creating that level of health. So folks, if you bump up against a person or if you bump up against like get feeling worse or being physically worse or any obstacle, superimpose that obstacle like, let's say, again, a common one would be, let's say, um, you're not motivated. You're not motivated to do anything. So how do you motivate yourself? Well, you visualize and create that mental emotional blueprint we just discussed, which, just, which basically describes how you see yourself being healthy and really just blow it out of the water. Because in your imagination, there are no limitations. Your nervous system doesn't know the difference between what's happening and what's your imagination. If you start imagining unhealthy things, you are going to become unhealthy. And that's a scientific fact, actually. You, be, you have unhealthy thoughts and you keep repeating them. That's the key. If you repeat unhealthy habits, whether they're thoughts or actions like eating badly, you reinforce those structural pathways in the brain and affect what's called neuroplasticity of the brain, which help it form to keep those negative, nasty thoughts around. So when you want to get focused, just to complete that thought, superimpose your vision of what it is to be ultimately healthy against what's happening in the world. And if what's happening in the world out there and your perception is not supporting you, you move on. If you're not motivated one day to eat a certain way, or you're saying, like a patient of mine recently did, Oh, I don't know. I, I don't want to really do this. And I just don't feel right about it. Uh, you know, I said to her, stop whining. Because I, I don't usually say that, but, but she was whining to the point where we, we needed to, to stop. And I let her know that she's simply going through some, uh, let's call it emotional elimination. 
uh, all this stuff coming out of her mouth, I can't do this, I can't do that. This is a person who has not developed her own personal health blueprint that's strong enough so that when she sees her actions, which are basically none, I don't want to do this anymore, I don't want to eat right, I don't want to exercise, that when that when the vision of what it is you want health-wise is strong enough, it will compel you to move towards that goal and walk right through whatever's in front of you. So your health blueprint really is your core expectations. What are your health expectations? Maybe it's to improve your memory. Maybe it's to lose weight. Because if you think just doing some intermittent fasting or keto diet is going to take weight off you permanently and you're going to just live happily ever after, it's not going to happen. These sorts of efforts without a solid blueprint of what it is and who it is you want to be health-wise, well, without that blueprint to follow, you'll fall off the wagon. You'll stop and start these different health uh, efforts and you'll see over time that you get nowhere fast. So your health blueprint is your core expectations and you need to develop that first. It's like a business plan in a business. You don't not write a business plan if you're starting a business. You don't not write a mission statement. So think of uh, your health blueprint as a sort of a mission statement of your health. You gotta know where you're going, otherwise you cannot take the proper steps to get there. All right. So let's say you feel unhappy about your health and you've got that pain, you know, of being like, oh, this is terrible. I, I'm fat. I have these intestinal problems. I gas all the time. I, my brain is foggy. I just don't have the energy I did. Maybe, maybe it's my age. I hear this nonsense all the time. All this is, like I said earlier, is emotional elimination. It's like a, like a colon cleanse. Removes the crap but no action is taking place to fix the colon. So when you feel unhappy, it's because you're in pain. When you feel unhappy about your health, you're in pain about it. So what do people tend to do when they're in pain about their health? What I see most commonly is that a person who is unhappy about their health and in pain about it will blame someone. What I call the habit of blame. People are in the habit of blaming someone else for their problems. My husband doesn't support me. My girlfriend doesn't support me. My kids won't eat the food. I get it. That's outside world stuff. That doesn't have, have to be the thing that determines how you act. And if you keep blaming others, you get nowhere. Nowhere with your health. Nowhere with your relationships. Take responsibility for your health by not blaming others. And if you continue to notice that you do this, meaning you keep coming up with excuses outside of yourself, directed towards a specific individual or individuals, that is the habit of blame. And the other factor that causes a person not to get results is because they not only blame others, like a person, but they blame an event. They make up excuses. So in other words, maybe um, <clears throat> you went to the health food store and they didn't have your protein shake or they didn't have the veggies you wanted. So you buy other things. You're not happy. You get home. You're frustrated. You decide, you know, I'm going to order a pizza. So you're blaming the store, let's say, for not having the protein powder you wanted. But these excuses, they could be true. All of these excuses that limit you from gaining your health, they could very well be 100% true. But folks, listen to me, please. Do not blame yourself. Do not blame yourself because blaming yourself makes nothing better. Beating yourself to a pulp, beating yourself up, will not make change happen. And here's how you know it, and you'll never forget it. Please listen. If you keep blaming yourself, and keep blaming yourself and keep blaming yourself, you are going to reinforce a habit, a biochemical habit in your brain, a biochemical habit in your entire body, and you will sustain your health problems. 
Do not blame. It's the same as fooling your body into thinking it's undergoing a severe stress response. And stress causes and worsens all manner of disease. What you want to do is to change your life conditions so that you will not blame someone. You will not blame events. You will not blame yourself. You will not let the world outside of you dictate by some reflexive action how you do. And you will learn how to focus so well that your focus creates obsession, which allows you to control your focus and to take control of your health. And then when you have these skills backed up by having a very detailed health blueprint of your core health expectations, what do you want out of your health? That's when results get done. So what I do with individuals that I see is we start by developing a core blueprint of your health expectations. It's one thing to start jumping into your health problems, but I think that's putting the cart before the horse, as they say. Know where you're going first, and then when a health discussion takes place between you and a qualified healthcare provider, it takes on the template of your blueprint, of your health blueprint. Otherwise, if you do not have a clear idea, a very, very detailed idea of what kind of health you want to experience, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel when you take in a, a deep breath? How clear do you want your memory to be? How strong and fast and reflexive and energetic do you want your body to be? If some of you out there are saying, well, maybe not so much and maybe just a little more, that's you getting in the way of you. Why not go for it all? Why not do that? The reason why is you might not because your standards may simply be too low. If your health standards are too low, the highest you can ever achieve, if you're lucky, is, how do I put this? Well, you can only go as high as your expectations allow. So why not make your expectations way up to, to, towards the ceiling, let's say? You might not get there. But if your expectations are that high, you're probably going to get a lot higher than whatever your current limited health expectations are. If you're sitting around with health problems, hoping they go away and taking your supplements and not really sure why and why are these symptoms happening and you have any questions at all that are not managed, you need to manage those. Because all of that distress, all of that not knowing, all of that not putting together things, you know, by just not having the right answers or the answers for your health concerns and what you're doing and how you're feeling and all those core expectations, if you're not clear on them, folks, that's all I'm saying. If you're not clear on it, you're not going to get it. If you're not clear on what level of health you want, you are not going to get it. I don't care what pills you take. I don't care how many intravenous vitamin C drips you take. It won't matter. And you know, I I've said this before on this show. If you're, if you're going to lead the fight for your health, you must lead yourself. So when people come to me and they're sort of on the passive end, and that's understandable, they may just not know what to do. They may not have a very clear expectation of their health other than they want a symptom or something to go away. Um, it's important that we develop a conversation about leadership. You know, as your own personal, your own personal blood detective, which I, I like to say to the listeners of Ask the Blood Detective show, as your own blood detective, you're leading the way to your health. You're not, you know, you can blame your doctor for not, you know, uh, believing in natural health and not supporting you and all of this. I've had patients go on for, I think the longest was maybe a half an hour. I just let this gentleman go on and on and on about his complaints, about his doctor not supporting him, and why don't doctors know nutrition, and why don't they support nutrition? I finally gently interrupted and said, your doctor receives 23 to seven hours on average of uh, nutrition education 
per five years. Why would you expect your doctor to support you? The only reason people suspect their physicians to support them is because they have a misconception of what physicians do. They don't support things they don't know. And that's not exactly illogical. It would be best if a physician who was untrained in nutrition said, you know, I really don't know that area. But, you know, your condition is so chronic and so affected that you might want to look into that with someone who's more qualified than I am. But as your personalized blood detective, that's you, you need to be able to say, okay, this doctor, this practitioner does not support my needs. So I need to go elsewhere. You need to find that role model of health. Uh, hopefully your healthcare provider will set a strong and high health example that shows that they are the ones that can help you through this process. So the, the, the concept of self-generated focus is really key to creating health. Once again, if you're not focused on something, you're not gonna get it. You need to get clear and develop a very compelling situation, a very compelling drive in you on the goal of your health. So it, do you, what sounds more compelling? You wanna get, uh, you're constipated, you wanna cure your constipation. Does that sound very compelling of a, of a, of a thing to do? Uh, you know, I get, yes, you wanna cure your constipation. But maybe something like, you know, you want to optimize your intestinal health so that your overall health allows you to participate in specific things in your life. And, and then you'd want to talk about those or write them down. With me, it's lifting weights. It's running. Maybe I want to go rock climbing. So my compelling reason for health is that I want to participate in these specific things in life. I want to be around as long as I can in great health for my three children. I want health to my health to be that factor that allows me to do anything of my choosing within reason uh, physically in this world. The focus not only has to be compelling, which means you need to develop a more compelling concept of what it is you want to do. Okay, you want your cancer cured. Listen, I understand you want your cancer cured, but what you really want is you want to live. You want to live so you can stay in this world with people that you love so that you can be loved, so that you can give and you can receive and love everything in life. That might be more compelling than I want to cure my cancer. It matters. It matters what you say. It matters what and how you think. And you need to have this focus excite you. It needs to have you feel strong. It needs to give you the edge. So getting excited about your health will involve you surrounding yourself with some like-minded individuals, but it must include your practitioner. If your practitioner is not excited, there's just gonna be a, an energy sucking session going on. There has to be legitimate, real excitement. And I would say that your self-generated health focus needs to make you feel like strong. You need to internally feel different. You know, if you feel differently, that change in state, when I say feel differently, feel differently from, let's say, the sick person. If you're, if you're feeling strong, like you're gonna, you're gonna do this, you, you know how to do it, you're just gonna make it happen. You're not not gonna make it happen, and you're not gonna let anything get in your way of building your health. And if something seemingly gets in your way, you're just gonna push it aside and you're gonna move on. There's nothing that should ever get in the way of you building health. Not money, not time, and certainly not knowledge, and certainly not resources. So money's a resource. We're gonna talk about this in a few minutes, but these are excuses that you made up that keep you from getting healthy. So to summarize, self-generated focus, you need to change your emotional state so you can get clear, excited, strong, so that you can have the, the edge, 
the edge that allows you to, to, for your body to motivate itself to get healthy. You must find the right people to help you. You need to find the right strategies to help you. And you need to find the right tools. And then when you emotionally just crap all over yourself and say, I can't do this, it's too hard, it's just this, I don't have the money, you need to realize, you need to get, you're becoming mal-aligned, out of alignment with your health um, dream, really, with your health goals. Do not let doubts sabotage you. I can't lose the weight. I'm too tired. I need more food. I don't feel like going shopping. I have no support. These are nonsense, nonsense excuses, and they're a self-sabotage. So if you've noticed you've done this to yourself, fine, good for you. You've just realized that you have health issues and you realize that you've been sabotaging yourself, so stop doing it. Take on the habits of someone who would not sabotage themselves. Imagine there's another version of yourself that's getting this all right. Ask that person in your imagination how to go the next step. For those of you just joining us, we're having a, I hope, a quite deep but practical conversation about the art of getting and staying healthy. Uh, my name is Dr. Michael Wald, and my phone number is 914-552-1442, 552 1442. You can call me to work with me at a distance or in person. I'm located in Westchester, New York, which is an hour north of New York City. You're listening to Ask the Blood Detective. So here's another secret I'll give you that I've learned over the course of my 30 years experience. And then the experience of my father, who was a holistic doctor before me, uh, so it's the intergenerational with me, is that success Health success, success really in any endeavor, whether it's financial success or, or any other kind of success, success leaves clues. Success leaves clues, like breadcrumbs, uh, gluten-free breadcrumbs, mind you, but <laughs> here's what I mean. When I look back at all these people that I've worked with for all of these decades, the people that get well are obsessed with their health. They do not get stopped by anything. And if they do seem to be stopped, if they do seem to get in front of a, if a roadblock seems to be there, they realize there's no roadblock. The only roadblock to where I need to get going is my imagination. But the success that I've seen in people tell me the following. Number one, that people that reach their health goals, they have a strong focus on their health. They have a healthcare provider that supports them fully. They've taken the time to develop a health blueprint so they know where they're going. They've developed the map so they know where to go, how to get there. And they structure their lives in a way that allows them to be successful. So number one, they have to make time to manage their health. They have to have a certain amount of financial resources because Working with a qualified healthcare provider, there is a cost to that. And I must, I must honestly say to some of you that, well, to all of you, that I've had patients that, you know, they really thought somehow that their chronic health problems would resolve in like a visit or two visits. That, that doesn't happen. I mean, it rarely happens. So that would be an unrealistic expectation of what it'll take to get healthy. So, when you're investigating and doing your blood detective work on the best healthcare provider to help you, because you have to have that mentor, all of these things I'm asking you to develop, to develop a focused obsession and, and, and changing your state and then developing a health map and all these different things, I'm not expecting you to develop these all on your own. These are things that need to be developed and it must be in alignment between you and your healthcare provider. If there's no alignment happening, other than some vague notion that they're holistic and you are too, the chances of you getting healthy are so much less than what they potentially could be. Now, let's talk about resources. Are resources the cause or lack of resources the cause 
of you not achieving your health goal? Why do you think that you failed up to now? Some of you are saying, well, I haven't failed. Okay, that's fine. So you've got some results. That's great. Um, but when you really are honest with yourself, you might find that you might be, have been spinning your wheels. You've been working on your health for years, let's say, and you're really not that much further along than you might have been. So you come up with excuses. Uh, not just you. This is human nature. I certainly do this. And the common excuse would be that, you know, you're missing resources, like you don't have enough money, you don't have enough time to work out, you don't have enough time to make food. So this is all a lie. It's all false. The real problem is not a lack of resources, but a lack of resourcefulness. So... It's resourcefulness that drives results. If you had a child, let's say, and I'm just going to give you a strong example that is, that is deathly ill. And if somehow you were given a set of goals regarding your health and you were told if you didn't fulfill on these goals that this sick child wouldn't make it. I'm making this strong and forceful for a reason you would find that your level of resourcefulness will go through the roof. And all of a sudden, the resource issues are not resources. And I call the ability of a person to really tap into the resourcefulness so that they don't have excuses, emotional fitness. Emotional fitness is basically your emotional... Uh, habits of, of emotions that, when we're talking about being emotionally fit, drive you to your resourcefulness. So what is it you need to do next so that you can get yourself healthy? To, to the level of, we're talking like, remember that vision that just pops you out of your seat that just is, a, is driving you to be healthy? And if you're just sitting around right now saying, kinda, then we need to develop that health roadmap. But you need to take actions. You need to take actions other than those actions that you've been taking. All of your actions are controlled by a decision. And life is just decisions, decisions, and decisions. And it's your decisions that control your destiny. It's your decisions that control your health, not your conditions. Stuff around you may look real, it may be real, but it is not what is controlling your health destiny, let's say, your health potential. It's the decisions you make. So if you have any lack of health, or lack of love, or lack of finances, or lack of happiness, it's because of the decisions that you have made. I mean, basically put, if you make new health choices, if you make different decisions than the decisions that you've made before, that's how health happens. If you don't have health, it's the, because of the decisions that you have made or have not made. Now, of course, I recognize that there are circumstances where an individual uh, may make all the right decisions, but they may not be able to get, gain their health. That absolutely is a possibility. But the chances of that happening are far less if you practice being mindful of these concepts. And the thing is this, some of you are actually waiting around until you feel motivated uh, to get healthy. Just do it because, you know, a patient once said to me, Dr. Wald, this is, I thought it was a joke. Uh, Dr. Wald, I'm in no shape to work out. <laughs> I said, you, you know shit to work out. Okay, that's a first. Uh, well, so what? You start working out anyway. So don't wait until you're emotionally fit to get healthy. Just pretend you are. Do the things that a person who is emotionally fit to improve their health would do. What would they do? 
they would continue to bring their focus to their health. But why? What would compel them for that to make any difference? Well, because they've already developed their blueprint of, the, of their health map, which is so compelling and so driving that they're obsessed with getting it, you see. And then when your brain goes, to, I can't, I don't want, I can't do it. <laughs> what you need to do is simply do it anyway. And eventually you will break those old emotional mental patterns. And then you know what's going to happen? You're going to start to be somewhat successful with your health. And we best build on our health success. So you want to take immediate action. Like when we're done with this radio show, you need to take some action that improves your health. And I would say sit down with a piece of pen and paper and write down in as much detail as you can the vision of your health. What would you do if you had your health? How would you be with other people? How would you treat yourself? Make it compelling so it, you're obsessed with it. Keep that in mind. If you just write a bunch of details down and it doesn't jump off the page at you, write it again. Do it until it's so compelling. You can't not do it. And then, and then the good news is you have some success and success best builds on success. So you always want to take immediate action. And that, that action that you need to take, whatever those actions are that you need to take to eat right, to enjoy your food, to exercise, all of those things, they change. Well, they come from a change in your emotional state and they also should change your emotional state. So if you're all psyched up to get healthy and you do an action, that should reinforce that state of obsession. And once you've got that reinforced, you become extremely resourceful. And also so important that, you know, there are three decisions that we make constantly. You know, what are you going to focus on, number, number one? You want to focus on something that you value, something that you can feel. Because like I said earlier, wherever focus goes, energy flows. So don't think of the worst scenarios. I'm going to die. Uh, I can't do this. Focus on what you can control. Your thoughts, your actions, your decisions. And these will help you master your internal world inside of your head and your body. Once you master your internal world, it's very easy to master your external world. If you don't make different health choices than you've been made, and you've heard the definition of insanity before, doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result, that is insanity because you're simply reinforcing brain patterns and neurochemical patterns that keep the whatever thoughts or whatever actions or lack of actions or emotions in existence. So if you don't concisely choose your thought patterns, then your old thought patterns will take over. So this is an exercise like real exercise. People try to just do a thing, do a new thing, do a healthy thing, and that sometimes works. But if you focus on what you can't control, guilt, stress, anger, then that's what your life is. Uh, cancer, pain, brain fog, lack of energy. So that's what you'll get. So when that stuff pops up in your mind, I can't do it. I feel guilty I ate this. Uh, I'm upset with myself because I didn't work out yesterday. If you keep focusing on these negative things, you will reinforce them. Now, what about supporting yourself so that you can maximize your health potential? In terms of affecting those around you, including your doctor maybe, it has to do with recognizing that the quality of your life is the quality of your communication. If you can't articulate your health vision, if you can't articulate why you're taking certain steps to improve your health, then that lack of quality will contribute to a lack of health.
So the quality of your life is, as I said, the quality of your communication. And this is also what will determine your happiness. How you communicate to yourself. And you know, I've had patients say to me, you know, Dr. Wall, they had this experience with a doctor and you know, it was just terrible and she didn't know what she was doing or he wasn't supporting me. You know, we determine how we feel a lot based upon events like this, but the meaning that we associate to those events, that's completely up to us. And again, I, I hear a lot of complaining uh, when my patients will say things, uh, let's say about their doctors not supporting them. How come they didn't understand that eating dairy will cause mucus? Know why? They don't understand? Because they don't understand. So move on. Who cares? Is that really going to affect your choices? Now, if the answer is yes, you move on. So that kind of upset, you know, all upset comes from the meaning that we give to it. Something happens and then we put a label on it. So the label we put on our experience becomes our experiences. So labeling is a very important thing. We're doing it all the time. Something happens, we label it. So when it comes to that desire for your health and you changing your habits so that you can make the health choices that truly support you before it's too late, you must realize that all, all health issues and all of those feelings and things that get in your way, let's think of it as pain because it kind of is. It's a state that's not good. It doesn't feel good. And when you're feeling that way, the world is very different. You filter the world through that. So one of the key factors for improving health and maintaining health is to recognize that when you're in an emotional state that's not moving you forward, it's just an emotional state. You might be able to identify a trigger and that's good so that when it happens next time you say, hey, that's just a trigger. That doesn't determine the choices I'm going to make. I'm not going to let a doctor that doesn't believe in what I believe in natural health stop me or make me feel bad for three days. Just not going to do it. But when it comes to building your health too, though, that health blueprint, it needs to say something about your health expectations. Like I mentioned earlier, I've had some people that have seen me with serious illnesses and they really thought that seeing me twice or once was enough. Now, that means that they had a certain expectation that wasn't based on anything uh, reality-based, at least not the way I see it. And it's important to then talk about the health problem and what is or are realistic expectations so that they don't stop you or you don't let them stop you when things come in your way. You'll say, well, you know, but I learned that, you know, in terms of my health expectations that, yeah, I would go through times where I'm not going to want to do things. So, okay, great. So when, if you're aware of that, which is kind of obvious, but not when you're going through it. So if you're aware of something like that, you might recognize that feeling when you're attempting to improve your health. And then you just say, okay, thanks for sharing. Now I'm moving on and I'm moving forward. So my advice to you is that when you go to your healthcare provider for help and you need to, if you've got a healthcare problem that's more persistent or consistent, I should say, and chronic for six weeks or more, you must go to a healthcare provider and recognize something in your communication with him or her. The emotional state that you're in at the time of your appointment will, will affect the entire meaning of the appointment. It'll affect how available you are to listen. If you feel that the meeting's gonna go badly, you're going to be upset. How you filter and what you get from that meeting will be poor. So if you're reluctant at all to make any health headway by seeing a healthcare provider, then you need to do away with that and develop a different concept to maximize your experience. Sometimes again, people say, yeah, Dr. Wall, this practitioner was this way and that way and the other way. And I asked, well, were you, did you walk into the room a feeling that it wasn't gonna work out? Well, well kind of, yeah, I didn't really believe it would. Well, there's your answer. 
If you walked into the room and you were like, I'm going to maximize every word of what I hear towards creating my health, I promise you that new filter will filter your experience with that doctor dramatically. Not only that, by you having a different filter, let's say a positive health filter with realistic expectations, with an obsessed goal of focused on your health, that healthcare provider, I don't care who it is, they're going to be changed in relationship to you during that conversation. They're gonna to respond to you very, very differently than if you were, let's say, negative. So it's your emotional fitness that I mentioned earlier your ability to control your, control your own state, which allows you to make better decisions and to take better actions. So if you're emotionally fit and you're like, I'm gonna kick this health problems, but that decision determines your next actions. And it's decisions and not conditions that control your health destiny. It's the decisions, not the conditions. So what is there for you to do to get healthy? You must make choices. I'm repeating a little bit here, but it's very important. You must make new choices that inspire you and that remove fear. Because when you're focused on an obsessed goal of creating health, because you want to live life fully and love and be loved, the fear goes away. There's a lot of fear that some of you have about your health problems. And some with, with some reason, because if you're not on board with making new choices and being inspired, fear will stay. All you need to do to start is just do it. You don't have to believe anything I'm saying. Take the steps that an emotionally fit version of yourself would take. Super, super important. And if you're one of those people that says, well, yeah, I've got some issues, but they're probably because I'm getting a little older, and so I'll, I'll just deal with these. They're fine, they're not so bad. I'm borderline diabetic. I've, I've got borderline hypertension. I, I couldn't run 15 feet quickly if you paid me. Um, you know, I can't lift 25 pounds without hurting my back. Uh, my brain is foggy, but somehow you still are not doing anything. What I would suggest that you do is raise your health standards a little bit. Look, we're all going to die and it's not going to be pretty. Some of us are going to get heart attacks. Others are going to get cancer. Others will eventually, many of us, end up in some nursing home drooling on ourselves being somewhat neglected, and it's just not pretty. Now, we may be able, to, we may not be able to prevent that from eventually happening, but we can enjoy our lives now and extend the time of our lives that we're most active. And designing your life means creating it like you're creating your health, not just reacting to life. You know, a person who's overweight, who wants to lose weight. Now, this is an easy thing. The science of weight loss is simple. There are certain things that you do to lose weight. If you do them right, when I, and I mean when you do them right, you will lose weight. Some of you think you've done it right and you haven't lost weight, so you're like, it's not working. It works. That's the science of health, where there's just certain things, if you do them correctly, things get done. But then there's the art of health. So art and science compose health. So the art part has to do with individualizing things for you. So this has to do with being resourceful finding the right things that allow you to make changes in your health that are unique to you. That's the artful part. Again, the scientific part is, yes, we need supplements, we need foods, we need exercise, we need sleep hygiene. So that's the science, the things consistent among people. What I specialize in 
as the blood detective, is figuring out what each person actually needs. And based upon that, I have a conversation with the person I'm with towards developing realistic expectations of what should happen when developing a focused plan that motivates the heck out of both of us. And then just take action on it. You know, when you take action on your health efforts, that is a real decision. That is something absolutely real. And by you choosing consciously what you're focusing on, you're reducing the tendency for your brain to choose for you unconsciously, which just takes over based on all your fears and all your lack of, um, well, all your lack of focus on your health. Remember, wherever focus goes, energy flows. And I, I can't emphasize this enough because if you start, if you endeavor on some health plan right now, let's say you're taking actions, 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 and those actions are coming from a state, emotional state that you have that this is something I'm going to do and I'm motivated. And then your focus kind of gets weaker. That's because you're losing sight of that obsession. So you must consciously choose your focus again and again and again. So if you're not moving towards health, you're not. That means your focus is not there. Bring your focus back. If you don't, again, those old unhealthy patterns of not doing what you should be doing will take over. You know, I think it's true that an extraordinary life is based upon how you feel, not what you have. So build your extraordinary life so that you have your health. I'm just constantly confused by people that will come to see me who have all this disability. They have arthritis, they're stiff, their walking is affected, and all these other problems. And most of these could have been completely prevented and or avoided if the person's focus was on them. Now, I used to think this is, you know, I'm an Einstein fan, you know, who's not. And I used to think, well, you know, given this individual's IQ back when he was alive, what if he focused that on his actual health? I don't remember what he died of, Einstein, but I do know it was not pretty and it was painful. He applied zero focus and I can only guess not a whole lot of his time did he spend on his own health. I suppose he was just too busy reinventing the math that explains, you know, the theory of relativity and, the, and how the universe works. So I get it. He was busy. But it's not, so what I'm trying to say here is it's not intelligence that will get this health work done. It's how you apply that intelligence. So in summary, one of the things we want to do to maximize the art of getting and staying healthy is don't let the outside world dictate your actions. And when they start to notice it and then change your focus, give your focus to what you want because as we've said, where energy, where focus goes, energy flows. Take control of your focus. Find the right practitioner who's the right mentor for you to help you further the details and the vision of your personal health blueprint. You know, that business plan, so to speak, that blueprint that is at the underpinnings of everything you take action from. So that when the world slaps you in the face and says, you can't do that, you can't get healthy, you can't cure this, that won't happen. And you superimpose that nonsense on top of your health blueprint. You're like, huh, next don't need that. And recognize when you're not on your game and you're not happy and you're not being consistent with your health efforts, you're probably blaming someone or you're blaming some event or you're blaming yourself. Don't blame. It doesn't help. Even if it was true, it doesn't matter. Why would you want to continue blaming? It'll just take your health away. My name is Dr. Michael Wald. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, people did want to hear something about motivation 
and what it takes to actually get some serious health building done. If you want to work with me, you can call me on my number at 914-552-1442 and you can email me at info at blooddetective.com. It was a real pleasure and I'll see you next time on Ask the Blood Detective. This is Dr. Michael Wald. Show. Sure.